Well, we love our kids, don't we? It's so good to have them in service with us the first Sunday of each month, and we're glad that they're here today. And, and I guess I could say as I get up today, a little child shall lead them, right? Um, what a great uh, reminder to us today. If you have your Bibles this morning, uh, turn to Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 13. Happy New Year. It's hard to believe, but 2019 is here, and I trust that you have, a, have already had a great week, that your new year is off to a, to a really great start. And I just remind you that as we enter the new year, it's always a time for us to, to think about fresh starts and start making changes necessary to improve our lives in some way. And uh, many people, as they think about doing that, many people, uh, as you well know, uh, will make New Year's uh, resolutions. And resolutions can be a great way for us to kind of plan for uh, needed change in our life. The hardest part, though, is the follow-through. And everybody said, how many, how many made New Year's resolutions this year? Don't be bashful. Come on, raise your hand if you, one, two, three. All right, a few more. Some of us did. How many are still keeping them six days into the year? One, two. No, I'm kidding. Right? But that's kind of how it goes. In fact, uh, it's, it's kind of hard at times to, to keep those resolutions. I read a statistic this week that says 8 out of every 100 Americans actually keep their New Year's resolutions. 8% of all who make them actually will keep them going um, throughout the year. And then later in the article, as I read on down, it said that number was actually probably a little bit high. Um, and so you can see it's hard for us to follow through. That tells me that we're good to talking about making change, but there's times when we struggle to really see it take place in our life. For instance, you know, the, the gym is a perfect example this time of year. If you go in the gym, I mean, it's just packed out. Everybody's there. And then by, you know, a couple of months later, in fact, this picture probably sums it up. I think I've got a picture here. The gym in January the gym in December. I mean, that's kind of how it is. I mean, people flood in there because they make those resolutions to work out and get in shape. And, and as, the, as the days wear on, we know that it isn't too long and the crickets are chirping a little louder and the dust is settling in on the equipment. We have good, uh, we have good resolutions and good ideas, but a lot of times the hard part is really following through. And so we're going to begin a new sermon series today that's titled, When. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be thinking about areas of our lives that God has called us to grow in. Pastor Jaron just talked to the kids about growing. And I believe that there are areas of all of our lives that God wants to grow us spiritually and make us different and more like him. And God invites us into this change and into this deeper walk with him. And so the question is not so, mu not so much what change is necessary, and here's why. Because I believe with all my heart that we serve a God who through the power of his Holy Spirit is very good about, about speaking to us and if we truly desire change in our life, he's great about helping us know what change needs to take place. Would you agree with that? I mean, you probably don't have to think about it too long to think about the fact that here are things spiritually in my life, new ground, if you will, that's what we're going to talk about, new ground that I need to take in my, spiritual, in my spiritual life. So the question today isn't so much what, because I'm counting on the fact that if you truly desire to grow, the Holy Spirit's going to tell you what. The question for today, and through this series over the next three or four weeks, is this question, when? When? When are we going to allow... God to make these changes, these needed changes in our life? When are we going to take this new ground that he wants to give us? We just finished a sermon series in December entitled Wait, and many of you have shared with me how God really spoke to you through, through that series and how that, that he's helping you in your times of waiting. And I'm glad today that there are things in our times in our life, seasons in our life, where we have to wait upon God and wait upon him. And we talked about how in our times of waiting, God can supply for us, right? And he's taught us how to wait. 
But I want you to see this morning, there are also areas of our life as well where we are not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. There are things in our life, areas of our life, change in our life that God wants to bring, and he is not wait, we are not waiting on him. He is waiting on us to take new steps, trusting him to work powerfully in our life. So the question is when. When will we grow spiritually? When will we let, allow God to make the changes that he'd like to make? And so I'd like for you again to turn to the book of Numbers chapter 13. And when you think about this question, when, we're going to pick up a story here in Numbers 13. And, and to kind of set the background for where we are going to start today, the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, uh, are be, is being at this time led by, led by Moses. They've been freed from bondage in Egypt. God has miraculously uh, provided safe passage through the Red Sea. He's provided food and water for what was likely well over a million people uh, through the wilderness, through the desert as they've traveled. And God has promised them this land. In fact, if you read Scripture, you'll find that God has promised them this land literally for generations. He said, I've got this promised land, and I'm going to give it to you, and it's going to be yours, and I'm going to provide it for you. And, and now they're making their way toward receiving the promise that God had given them, right? They're making their way toward that. And there's a few things that I want you to realize afresh that can help us from this passage here in Numbers 13 as we look at this to answer this question, when? The first thing is this. I believe with all my heart that God has some new ground he wants to give to you this year. I believe with all my heart that God has some new ground he wants to give to you this year. Listen to how chapter 13 of Numbers opens up. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Send some, send some men to explore the land of Canaan, which I, am giving, which I am giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe send one of its leaders. Now think about this with me. They have been living in Egypt. They have been living in Egypt their entire lives. Every single person who walks up here to this promised land, they have been living in Egypt their entire lives. They've been slaves. They've been under the oppression of taskmasters who set quotas for their work every single day. And, and for their whole lives, they've lived under this bondage of slavery. Until the day when they were miraculously freed by the power of God who, who made a way for them and provided for them in, in an incredible way. And God freed them because God said, I want to make a holy nation. I want, I want to make you my people, a holy nation, a people that I can love and care for and provide for. And God led them through, uh, through, out of slavery and into, this, uh, into the wilderness and toward this land of, of promise. There was no question, you see, that God wanted to give them this land, period. No question. God had promised it for generations. There was no doubt, no wondering, no, no, no concern on God's behalf. I have promised it. I will do what I have said. He was going to give them this land. The question was, when? When is it going to happen? And it's clear that this long wait in Egypt is finally over. And, it, and they're moving toward this land of promise. And God was ready to give it to them. He, he was, at this point, he was not waiting on them, but the question was, will they step out and take possession of this land? Will they step out and take possession of it? And the same is true today. God has some wonderful things that he wants to bless our lives with. If you believe that, say amen. 
wonderful things that he wants to bless our lives with. He has a wonderful promised land, if you will, for each and every one of us. Areas of our life that he wants to grow and mature and, and, and help us to become more like him. New spiritual ground, if you will, that he wants to give to you. And as we take possession of it, we'll become more like him. If you want to be more like Jesus this year, would you say amen? I want to be more like Jesus. And he wants to help us become more like him and enjoy the freedoms and the blessings that come from living in a close relationship with him. There's no waiting, by the way. The question is when. The question that every single one of us have to answer is when. Now think about it with me. They were coming from this, from this land that they were coming from. In fact, it says after they left Egypt, they, they walked through the desert of Paran. And, and this is a picture of that desert that you see behind me. I want you to get a, a picture, a real picture in your mind of what this desert that they had been living in for this, for this in-between time, between the time they left Egypt and the time they would take possession of the promised land, it looked a lot like this. It was a desert place. Dry, deserted, hot, no water except what God provided, no food except how God miraculously gave it to them each day, no real resources, not a place. I don't know about you, but I would not want to settle down here, right? Would not, not, not want to make my home here. And once they, and God says, that's not what I want for you anyway. I don't want you to settle in the desert. I don't want you to settle where it's dry. Let me tell you something. God is saying to them, let me tell you something. I've got a place for you that you cannot even begin to imagine what it's like. And so he sends these spies, if you will, these men, these 12 men into, into this nation, into this nation that God said, I'm going to give to you. And they come back. And, and, and in Numbers 13, if you'll skip down to verse 27, here's a picture of how they describe that land. They gave Moses this account. Think about the picture that you just saw. They gave Moses this account. We went into this land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Not that it has milk and honey, but it flows with milk and honey. A way for them to describe this land. I mean, it is so incredible that, that good things just flow out of it, right? And then they say, and here is its fruit. I want you to understand, God had promised them not a dry, deserted, desert, no water type of place. God had promised them this amazing place, this fruitful land. In fact, the fruit that was there, it grew to a ridiculous size, Okay, If you jump back up to verse 23, it talks about when they're returning, when they're making their, their way back, it says when they reached the valley of Escarol, they cut off a branch bearing a single cluster of grapes. No big deal, right? Until you read the next sentence. Two of them carried it on a pole between them. Now, I don't know about the cluster of grapes that you buy at J.C. or Kroger. I don't know about you, but I haven't as of late seen anyone carrying a cluster of grapes out of the store between two poles even when they're on sale. <laughs> now think about this. I, I mean, I've read this story my whole life, and this week it just dawned on me. The Spirit kind of just opened up a window. Why in the world would they carry those back? I mean, I could just say, hey, you won't believe. Sam, you won't believe the size of the fruit that's in that land. I mean, it's incredible, man. You're just never going to believe it, right? 
why would, I, why would I burden myself with packing these grapes back to show them? You know why? Because the fruit of this land was completely unbelievable. Now, come on. Like, that doesn't, like, come, think about it. Like, I can't just tell you about it. I have to show you what God has promised us. And I don't know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but somehow, some way, I just kind of think maybe it was Joshua and Caleb. Say, Pastor, you don't know. You're exactly right. I don't know. But I believe somehow somebody wanted to say, look, look at this. Look at what God has promised us. It's an incredible place of growth and fertility and water springing up. I mean, think about it. Everything there was provided. The desert picture, there's nothing. Can I remind you, they would, they would eventually, eventually, they would begin to inhabit this place. And guess what? There were already cities built that they could take. There, there, were, there was already ground where all the trees and rocks had been cleared where they could farm. I mean, God was saying, I have such a great place for you. You are never going to believe it. It's absolutely amazing. Just claim what I've given to you. Just take it. Just go. Just claim it. Just claim what I am giving to you. That's all you have to do. Just have enough faith and trust in me that I will do what I'm promising I will do. That's all you have to do is claim it. I read an article recently that over $2 billion of lottery winnings go unclaimed. Now, I'm not you know, saying you should go play the lottery at all. I'm just stating a fact. $2 billion with a B every year, lottery winnings go unclaimed. In other words, there is blessing there, money there, that somebody, all they have to do is what? Just walk in and receive it. $2 billion dollars. And yet they never go. And good illustration or not, I couldn't help but think how much God has for us that we simply don't receive. He's promised us a rich, fruitful, abundant life where all we have to do is claim it and receive it. He's promised that we can live life blessed with the fruit of his Holy Spirit. And can I just tell you today that the fruit, the blessed fruit of God's Holy Spirit cannot even begin to compare with this cluster of grapes carried between two poles. I mean, what God can do in our lives through the power of his Holy Spirit is like nothing that we could compare anything on this earth to. Can I remind you today that the love of God is more than we could ever comprehend. Try to fill this earth with the love of God. It would so encapsulate it and pour out into this universe, we could never even begin to wrap our minds about his love or the joy or the peace of God that's available to us, right? I mean, it's in such abundance, and we live in such dry and drought-ridden conditions so much of our lives. We don't spend the time that we need to to really get in tune with God and allow him to pour his spirit into our lives. And yet that's the fruitful land that he has for us as Christians. He wants to give us in abundance. And his fruit can grow within us to a ridiculous size. Can I just tell you that it's so ridiculous what God can do in us that others have to see it to believe it. 
I believe with all my heart today that God has done a transforming work in many of you here today. And if you were to go back, I had the privilege this week of spending some time with somebody who I'd not seen for 25 years. Um, he, was a, he was the father of a guy that I went to high school with. He, he knew the old Brian Rogers. He knew the guy before Jesus really got a hold of my life. And as he began to ask questions, we began to share this week and spend some time together. I have to tell you that I believe that he would have never believed he was here this week for one of the funerals. And I have to tell you that he would have never believed the change in me had he not seen it. I'm not bragging on me today. I'm just saying that there's some people in your life that's the same way. When you run into them and you've not seen them for a long time and God has been growing you, let me tell you what they're going to do. They're going to look into your life and they're going to look into the words that you have and they're going to see the love of God pouring out of your life in such a way that they're going to say, wow, there is really something that's happened to them. I mean, it's just like carrying these grapes on two poles, right? You just have to see it to believe it. And can I tell you that God can do that in our lives through the power of his Holy Spirit today? The people will say, I can never believe that. And then all of a sudden, they come face to face, not with us, but with the hand of God at work in our life. You see, that's the kind of abundant living that God has for us today. There's new ground that he wants to give us. Another thing that we can learn from this, this passage is to answer the question, when is this? It's okay to explore, but you have to take possession. It's okay to explore the land. It's okay to explore what God has for you, but there has to come a point where you have to take possession of what God has promised. I want, to look back, I want us to look back, if you would, with me here to the response of these spies after they come back from 40 years of exploring the land that God said he would give them. Verse 27, I've read it, but let's start there and we'll go on. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey, and here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large, and we even saw the descendants of, of Anak there, the giants, he's saying. The Amalekites that live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea along the Jordan, in other words, they're calling out and, and, and naming out all of the enemies who are powerful and strong and fortified and they're giants and all of the things. He's saying, here's the fruit. Here's what we know God has given us, but here's all the things, all the obstacles, right? And Caleb, verse 30, silences the people and says, we should go up and take possession of the land for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They're stronger than we are, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. And all the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there. Descendants of Anak come from the Nephilim, giants. And we seemed like grasshopper, grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. God says, here's the land. It's yours. It's amazing. You're going to love it there. It's wonderful. All that you need, I'm telling you, all that you need, it'll be provided. You'll love it. I'll go before you. He told them this throughout Scripture. He'd been given this promise for, for generations. I'll give you this land, but listen, I'm going to go before you. I'm going to take care of all the, all the problems that you're going to face. Just trust me. I, I'm, I'm going to go before you. I'll take care of it. I'll handle it. 
The battles, I've already, I've already won them, and I've proven to you, God says time and time and time again, that I'll keep my word. I'll do what I say. If God had told you and me these things, you know, if he said, hey, I've got this great promise for you, this land for you, I'm going to give it to you, I'm going to bless you, I'm going to do all these great things, who's going with me? Now, I'm, t- I'm asking you, who's going with me, right? Some of us will go. I mean, we probably couldn't load up fast enough, really, if we truly believe God. And yet, look at their report. It's filled with buts. But the people who live there are powerful. But the cities are fortified and large. But they're giants there. They're stronger than we are. We look like grasshoppers to them. They're so big, we just look like this. And God keeps saying, I want to give it to you. I think God's heart was broken this day. I think God's heart was broken this day because he loved his people so very much. And time and time again, he called out to them to change. Called out to them to take possession of what he wants to give them. And yet, all they can do is make excuses about why it's impossible. Even with Caleb kind of interjecting here. Don't you appreciate Caleb? I just kind of think maybe Caleb was standing back here somewhere. I think he's standing back here somewhere and the other ten were gathered around and I mean they were just saying but this and this and this and it's just like Caleb just steps up to the front and he tries to quiet them down and he simply says listen we should take possession of the land for we could certainly do it I mean don't you love the heart of Caleb I believe that if Caleb would have been a songwriter here's what he would have written our God is greater our God is stronger Our God is higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome, empower our God. The voice of Caleb rung out. And yet the people made excuse after excuse after excuse. They just walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. In that dry and barren wilderness that they walk through every day. Every day, brand new food for them to eat. In that dry and barren, every day, water for them to drink. God had been providing miracle after miracle for them all the way up into this moment when he's urging them to take possession. And yet their response was, we can't go up. God has been faithful in our past as well. Faithful again and again and again and again. And yet there are areas of our life where we still haven't taken possession of the promise that God has given us. Things that we want, he wants to do in and through us. Can I just remind you again, every, God is calling every one of us here today to new growth. For some of us, it means for the first time maybe, Or we've wandered away and we come today and God is speaking to our heart, drawing us back to him. He's asking us. He's asking us to put him first in our life. To reach out to him and allow him to forgive us of our sin and and, and make us new and have a brand new start with him. Can I just tell you, today is a day of grace. Today is a day where God looks at us as we enter this new year and draws us to him. For others, it may mean finally taking the step of faith to serve God in the way that he's been calling you to serve. That might be by volunteering of your time. 
It might be by teaching a class or a small group. It might be by picking up the phone and inviting someone to lunch and begin that mentoring relationship with that person that God has laid on your heart this entire past year. Over and again, this person has come to mind, and yet you've neglected to reach out to them. It might be a commitment to deepen your understanding of God's plan and begin to seek wisdom from him like you never have before, desiring to walk in his will for your life. It might be to plug into a Sunday school class or a small group so that you can move beyond the plateau spiritually that you have have found yourself in. It might be reaching out to that unsaved neighbor or that coworker whose eyes you've cr- as, as your eyes have crossed them for for maybe years now and yet you've never made an attempt to reach out to them to build a relationship so you can tell them about Jesus new ground taking possession in the way that God has promised with God's help we need to be intentional about taking that new ground with God's help we need to start saying yes to him there are so many areas of our life that God is, is, is desiring us. He's, he's calling us. He's our good shepherd. He's not behind us with his thumb in our back or, or giving us a kick in the backside, even though we probably need it sometimes. Probably edit that part, right? He's our shepherd. He takes us by the hand. He calls out to us. I love you. I care for you. I want to help you become what I want you to be. And so through the power of his Holy Spirit, he speaks into our hearts. He says, come to me. Come to me. Come to me. We have to stop making excuses. We have to stop saying, because we may never say this. I don't think as I look around this congregation today and look in the eyes of people that I love and care for, I don't think for one minute you would ever look me in the eye and say, I don't trust God. I don't think there's one of you here that would do that. But can I just tell you today, by our hesitancy, by our hesitancy to ever step up from the, from the, from the back of the, of the group, from our hesitancy to take that step forward and say, we can do it, God, I believe you're able to do it in our life. By our hesitancy, we're saying, God, I don't trust you. We say it like this. But I'm not an extrovert. Neither was Moses, by the way. But I don't see how I can do it. What if I reach out to my neighbor and he slams the door in my face? What if I teach and I don't have all the answers? What if I try to mentor someone and it just doesn't work out? What if, I'm, what if I serve and take that step of faith and, I, and I'm unappreciated or it doesn't go the way I thought it would? Those are some of the excuses that we make when God's calling us to take new ground in our life and we're hesitant. And however we say it, what we're saying is, God, I don't trust you. See, it's up to us to take that first step and by taking that step, saying, God, I I trust you. God, I realize today it's not up to me. Because see, whatever God calls us to, can I just remind you, whatever God calls us to, his provision is abundant. Somebody asked me this morning, like, how do you get up there? Like, how do you get up there and speak? 
how do you do that? Like, what's the, what's the secret? I said, the secret is you don't go unless God leads you. I said, the secret is if the Holy Spirit doesn't come on the scene every week, I'm in big trouble. That's the secret. And that's the secret to taking new ground for God. Is that you can't take those steps forward unless you trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the power of the Holy Spirit will get you through. The power of the Holy Spirit will get you beyond the disappointments to come. The power of the Holy Spirit will move you beyond the days that you feel like you failed. The power of the Holy Spirit will pour his love into your life time and time again when you feel like that maybe you somehow have crossed the border from that promised land back into the desert land. It's through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's time to stop exploring. We spend a lot of time thinking about what we might do. Spend a lot of time with the Holy Spirit being so very gentle, being so very patient with us. Can I just tell you, I'm thankful for a patient God. I'm glad that God helps me while I'm waiting on him, but I'm so glad that God extends his grace when he's waiting on me. And for some of us here this morning, God's extended his grace year after year after year. And his Holy Spirit's been saying, this is what I have for you. This is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to serve. This is how I want you to grow. And yet, it's time to take possession of new ground. Today, God patiently says, when? Caleb gives us the best answer. Got to read it again. Caleb silenced the people. We should go up and take possession of the land for we. And he wasn't talking about, I just, you say, I'm getting out on a limb again. This we he's talking about, I just have to believe he wasn't thinking about the people standing around him. I have to believe he was thinking about we, me and God. And you and God, and you and God, and you and God, we can do it. Not just we can do it, we can certainly do it. So the question is when. Hey, there's going to be battles to face. There's going to be hardship that comes. You read on, you read on and read the story. Read the story about them taking possession, finally taking possession of the land. There were battles they had to fight. There was some hard stuff that they faced all along the way, but I have to remind you that God was with them. And as long as they kept their trust in him, he fought every battle, and he provided everything just like he said that he would do. It's up to us to, like Caleb, say, God is more than able. Our God is greater our God is stronger. Our God is higher than any other. Our God is healer. He's awesome in power. Our God will help. For the Israelites, because of their decision not to take possession of God's promises, you know it. God said, I'm going to put you back in that desert for the next 40 years until this entire generation dies off because you don't trust me. Only Joshua and Caleb would be of that generation and live on to see the promised land. And that was because of their faith, because they trusted in God. When it came to the question when that God proposed this great group of people, their answer was never. 
Can I just tell you today that that's a choice that we make? For some of us, we may, we may choose just like they did and say, when God's saying when, 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 we, we may say never, God. Don't let your answer be never. Let your answer be now. Let your answer be now. Let 2019 be a year like never before. Let 2019 be the year where finally you say, God, I trust you. God, I believe in you. God, I know somehow, even though I don't, I don't understand it all, and even though I see the giants and the walled cities and I see all of the things that are out there, I'm just going to say, Lord, I put myself in your hands and I trust in you. And somehow, God, somehow, you're going to work it out. Somehow, God, you're going to provide. God stands before us today. In fact, if I could just say it like this, I believe that Jesus Christ himself stands before us today with outstretched arms. And I know there's no tears in heaven. I'm just really ruining everything today, blowing everybody's theology. But I can't help but believe that there's not a tear in the eye of Jesus as he looks at us, pleading with us to simply say now, today, today. Would you stand with me this morning? Father, we're grateful for your Holy Spirit. We're thankful for your grace. Your patience. Your love. And Lord, this morning my prayer is simply that we would respond to your voice. We love you today. And we thank you. In Jesus' name.